So if you guys have any questions whatsoever about keto or intermittent fasting, whether you're starting keto as a new person or just need to debug your program, or you have a question about a product, call one of our keto consultants. They'll be able to help you. Call 540-299-1557. That's 540-299-1557. Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Hey guys, welcome back. We're in the next podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about why a lot of people have normal blood sugars yet they have all the symptoms of prediabetes. How can that possibly be? They even go to the doctor and they get this fasting uh, glucose test. It comes out normal. They'll even get what's called a glucose tolerance test and that comes out normal. That's when you would consume all that sugar water and then wait an hour and then retest it. It comes out normal. How could that be? Okay, so that's what I'm gonna talk about today. Okay, well, here's why that occurs. When an average person... Uh, consumes an average American diet, they're consuming a ton of sugar. Okay, the average American would consume between 28 to 31 teaspoons of sugar every single day. And there's a lot of other things that will trigger uh, the blood sugars as well, but sugar is one of them. So what happens, the first thing that happens is you trigger insulin. Okay, insulin is the first occurrence or the chain of events. It's the insulin well before the high sugars. All right, so we got this spike in insulin, right? Well, guess what? The doctors never, ever test the insulin. If they did, they would find it's high. So it's just an omission. So then what happens, once the insulin is high, what happens is you develop something called insulin resistance, okay? That's where the cells say, you know, no, we're not gonna absorb this anymore. Let's block it. It's too much insulin, so insulin resistance is kind of a defense mechanism. It's kind of a protective mechanism because the body considers excessive insulin toxic because it creates too many side effects. It affects the eyes, the heart, the nerves, the brain, the vascular system, and the kidney, okay? So because you have insulin resistance now, guess what happens? The cells don't get the amount of insulin it needs to absorb the fuel. So then a signal sent back to the pancreas and say, hey, listen, we don't have enough insulin. Make some more. That's what happens. So insulin resistance triggers the body to make more insulin. And more insulin causes more insulin resistance. <laughs> so you have this situation where the body is just like getting out of control. And this could go on for years. All right. But guess what? Your blood sugars might be normal. Why? Well, Two reasons. One is that the insulin resistance is kind of blocking the excessive amount of insulin in certain places. And secondly, what's preventing the blood sugars from going down too high because of the high levels of insulin is the adrenals. Your adrenal is, has a lot of different functions. And one function is to buffer uh, low blood sugar. So it kind of protects you against hypoglycemia. So what happens when the sugar goes high and the insulin kicks in and starts pushing it down, the adrenals are like, hey, wait a second, this can't happen. This is against our survival. So it pumps out adrenaline, pumps out cortisol, 
which automatically releases glucose from the cells and raises the sugar. That's what happens. Your liver also releases the sugar too, because there's not enough insulin to tell the liver to go, you know, hey, stop releasing sugar. So if it doesn't get the signal, it releases sugar. So you got a lot of different things in the body that tend to buffer this hypoglycemic reaction, this low blood sugar. So, so again, you're looking at the blood sugars. You don't have low blood sugar. You don't have high sugar. It's normal, but you have all the symptoms. You're tired after you eat. You get, you're not satisfied after you eat. You need a little bit of something sweet. You're urinating at night excessively. You're thirsty. You get all these different weird symptoms. You're weak. This is a common occurrence from a lot of people. Now, if your adrenals are weak, then chances are you're going to start feeling the hypoglycemic effects. And so many people had this. I had serious low blood sugar symptoms uh, when I was a kid, and I didn't know what it was. I remember walking uh, in the winter through the snow of Wisconsin, and my legs felt like like lead weights. They were like heavy, and I was craving sweets like crazy. It was the blood sugars. I had low blood sugar. And as soon as I consumed some sugar, man, did I feel better. So this went on until I was like 21 years old. I mean, I just kept eating so much sugar. Anyway, it caught up with me, and that's why I'm doing this podcast, because it drove me to a situation where I learned all about this, got help myself, and now I'm teaching other people. Okay, getting back to this hypoglycemic thing, because I don't want to sidetrack. When you have low blood sugar, the first organ that it affects is the brain. Why? Because the brain doesn't have glycogen, which is stored sugar, like the muscles and the liver do. The brain doesn't have it, so it's dependent on the sugar in your blood to feed it. So what happens when that blood sugar goes down, your brain is going to be the first thing to suffer. And I'm talking like anxiety, irritability, nervous, shakiness, craving for sweet. You're going to be moody, okay? Road rage. That's what it is. It's low blood sugar, okay? Not to mention weight gain and all these other things. It's really just going to affect your brain, your concentration, your clarity, your energy in your brain is going to be low. All right, so now you have either low blood sugar or eventually you start getting high blood sugar, but that's down the road. So let me just summarize. You have high insulin, then insulin resistance, possibly low blood sugar, and then eventually high sugar. By that time, it's so far into your system, it's so far chronic that you chances are you'll probably be a diabetic. So if the doctors would check the fasting insulin, oh my gosh, they would catch it very early on and prevent this whole cascade of damaging effects on the eyes, the kidney, the arteries that are completely unnecessary, okay? All right, what can you do about this? What are the three things that you can use to test yourself, okay? Well, you can go get a fasting insulin test, okay? Check it before the meal, and then post a meal, one hour, two hour, and three hour, and that'll give you a really good picture of what's really going on, okay? So the next thing is just to identify all the symptoms of blood sugar issues, okay? That could be fatigue, craving sweets, belly fat, tired, thirsty, peeing a lot, and the list goes on and on and on. If you have the symptoms, chances are you have this problem. So you have to look at the whole picture. Okay, so in the last test that you can do to determine if you have high insulin, which by the way, is I, I really like this test, is you simply take a tape measure and measure your waist one inch above the belly button in inches. Then divide that by your height in inches. 
And that gives you your waist to height ratio. That is one of the best ways to determine if you have high insulin. And the measurement will give you this ratio number, which then you'll have to look on the chart to see what category you fit into, okay? You can do a search online to find this ratio or just find one of my videos and determine it because I couldn't put a download in this podcast. All right, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next podcast.